My name is Tony, and I was in a cult for over a decade. And my name is Lindsay, and my sister was in a cult for over a decade. And now I'm out. Lindsay and my family helped get me out, and we have created a podcast. Playing in Traffic. We interview survivors of the Wimscog. We cover topics of healing and topics of all things about cults. So tune in, like, subscribe, whatever all that means, and enjoy the process of deconstruction. Welcome to Playing in Traffic. This is our disclaimer song. This is our disclaimer song. It's our opinion. Don't sue us. Don't sue us. If you didn't want us to make a podcast about you, then you probably shouldn't have started a religion where you brainwashed people and separated them from your family, so it's kind of your fault. But don't sue us. Don't sue us. You know who you are, so don't do it. Don't sue us. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome Welcome to Playing in Traffic. Hi, guys. I always have to start things with a song. Do you? Yeah. My children are mad. I wake them up with songs. They love it. (laughs) They love it. Okay, this has nothing to do with our podcast. Okay, but I just have to say really quick before we get started that everybody needs to take some time and watch the Beatles special on Disney Plus because yeah. it is freaking amazing. This is an unsponsored ad for Disney Plus right now. Right? We really are not being sponsored by them. We just love this so much. And our dad loves it. And our dad loves the Beatles. So if he loves yeah, it. So we would like raise, totally raise on the Beatles and um, watching it. I watched it last night. And well, I'm almost done with the first episode, but when you get to see the way they interact and then, Oh God, what song was it? Get back. I think like you literally see Paul McCartney just sit right there and just come up with that song just right there. And then you see the whole process. It wasn't it that song, get back. Um, and then um, They do write that one at some point in there, but I can't. Oh my God. And it's amazing. You just see like the whole process, how they interact, how goofy they are when they get in arguments. It's, it's really amazing. Cool. I was like mesmerized. I had my eyes glued to the screen for like the full. I can't believe this has been in the world and nobody has seen it yet. It's crazy. It's anyway, so... everybody should go watch that. It's amazing. Yeah. All right. All right, now we got that off our chest. That was distracting. Shout out to the Beatles. Yeah, shout out to the Beatles. (laughs) Yeah, ever heard of them? (laughs) Okay, welcome to episode seven. Is it really episode seven? That is crazy. Yes, it is. Time is flying. This is gonna be. This is gonna be a good one, guys. So. uh, So, you guys, I have to say a lot today because. One of the things that I think that people coming out of these kind of groups, still having a hard time with the C word, guys, still having a hard time with the C word, but I'm I'm trying. But anyway, one thing that we have a hard time, I personally am having a hard time with, and I've had a hard time with for a long time, is like reconciling some of the things that I did while I was separated from my family and friends. And 
because you sort of have this cult identity, you find yourself doing things and accepting things that as a normal individual person, you really wouldn't, but because you're, you're under the influence of that group think and the mind control and all those things that we've talked about, um, you know, you just do things that you normally wouldn't do. And, um, I feel very sad about a lot of things that happened. And, um, so I just want to address some of those things today. You guys, I have a lot of things inside and like I said, I'm ready to get it out and purge it out and say all the things I've ever wanted to say to everybody. Oh, you're the so first beautiful. Hits from the bong because it's going to be a <laughs> Tony loves this part. This is Tony's favorite part of the podcast. Yeah, we couldn't smoke last week because we our kids were home, but now our kids are back at school. <laughs> kids are back at school. It's a little bit easier to record today. Yeah. All right. So today is sort of like an apology letter. Things that I feel sad and guilty and sorry for. So like I know people are always like telling me, oh, you don't need to feel bad. Like, don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. But you do. I do. And I know a lot of people um, coming out of the group do. And so, you know, I just want to take time to like really apologize and really say sorry. And when I was like kind of writing things out and preparing, one of the like patterns that I noticed was the word time. So like I continuously feel myself wanting to apologize for all the time that was missed because really that's the one thing that I can't get back is like, I cannot get that time back. I cannot get back all of those Saturdays, you know, all of those Saturdays of my life, all those years. And do you guys know how many important things happen on Saturdays? A lot of important things. Most of the things happen on Saturdays. <laughs> Most of the things, weddings happen and birthdays and barbecues and, you know, all those things happen on Saturdays. And that was, you know, never allowed for me to participate. And it was not even within my thought to be able to participate in those things. So you know, I really, really, really just want to say sorry to everybody, my family and my my friends. I am so, so deeply sorry for missing some of the most important life experiences, you know, and all those memories that we miss. I am so, so deeply sorry. Like, and you know, what really, really hurts me the most is the time that I miss with my grandparents because We've lost two of our grandparents. Well, th really three, because Grandma Barbara. Am I allowed to say their name? Yeah, I think so. Our lovely Grandma Tony and our grandpap. Our grandpap and our Grandma Barbara. And I just, especially my grandparents that live far away, because we have family in South Carolina that, you know, we miss so much. And when I got into the church, like I said, you can't miss a Saturday. And then you also have service on Tuesday. So you can't miss a Tuesday. And so traveling from Colorado to South Carolina, I mean, just to travel is like one whole day, you know. And there, where we live in Carolina, where my family lives is so isolated. Like they literally live in low country, Carolina, you know. Yeah. So there is no, there are no churches out there. So. So there's no, there are churches. there's, there's plenty of churches, just not. Well, yeah, not the real one, quote unquote. Not so 
So I could never travel there. I could never go there. There wasn't enough time. And it's so hard to explain, but it's like you justify it in your mind because you're like, even though I'm not seeing them now, even though I'm missing all these important things now, in the end, they're going to be blessed because of everything that I'm doing. Does that make sense? It makes sense. So it's like, even though I'm not seeing grandma now in this lifetime, <laughs> at this moment, you know, because I'm working so hard and preaching and doing all the things and being so obedient and, you know, doing God's work, then eventually she's going to be blessed in the afterlife. So it's all worth it. Huh. That is illogical, but I see where your behavior was like, like you doing the thing like does that mean that your brain would create grandma in your brain did you think that like grandma because you love grandma that she would be in your version of heaven yeah so like she so like even though she didn't hear the truth now truth quote unquote like like god would allow her mind to be opened in the future or like even in the afterlife god would allow her mind to be open and she would be blessed because of my my actions do you know what I mean but that's silly because if that's really truly truly what they taught yeah and they would be like well if so-and-so doesn't want to come then just like let them choose in purgatory yeah they didn't really it's not really a purgatory it's hard to explain or you know the word for that space between heaven and hell right right chance to make that Exactly. Like God will bless them through me. So it was like justified, but like, honestly, it broke my heart. Like I was constantly sad and it was one of those situations like damned if you do damned if you don't like, yeah, I could have traveled to South Carolina to visit my family and spend time with them. But if I did that, then I was going to be cursed by God and then shunned by all these people and lose all my blessings. So it was like, Either way, I'm going to be, you know, screwed. Tony, I know this is not the point of this this episode. <laughs> That's fine. That happens. We can circle back to this, but I'm so confused. Mm-hmm. So if someone dies, just because mm-hmm. you went to the church, they are already blessed, or they have to then be presented with the opportunity. Well, it depends. Make the choice for themselves. Or you just, like, let's say theoretically... I'm an atheist. I never believed in it, but I die. And because you believed in it, I get stuck going to your shitty. <laughs> hey, the heaven is not shitty. Okay. I mean, it's, it's not filled shitty. with planets and stars and galaxies. Yeah, so is our real world. Yeah, I know. So anyway, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the, that's like, a, okay, I'll be like thinking about that at 3 a.m. We'll circle back to that. Let's well, do it. Like, we can talk time. about it. I just... It's like, even though they may not receive the truth now, even though they, you know, because I told Grandma Tony about the church all the time. She, yeah, yeah. she thought it was really weird. She was like, why are you in that Korean cult, Tony? And like, I almost got her to come to a Bible study once, but then she didn't come. And I was really sad and mad at her. Anyway, way off subject. But, but the point is, is like, even if she doesn't accept now and then she dies, this is an awful way to speak. Okay. I'm not. But even if then she dies without receiving the quote unquote truth, then maybe God will allow her a chance again. Maybe God will like 
preach to her in the afterlife or like allowing her to accept. Well, that was my understanding. So I was like, I'm just going to keep working really hard. That way, no matter what happens, you know, my family can be blessed. And so that was like my, that was my rationalization of it. Like, I don't know if it was really the church's doctrine or not, but like, that was my personal rationalization because honestly, I was afraid of like being shunned. I was afraid of like losing my position because it also is like an ego thing, right? Like I had worked so hard. And so it's like, I cannot be a bad example. If I do that, how many members will fall away? How many other members will think it's okay to travel and miss the Sabbath day and miss preaching meetings? This is this also sounds a lot probably how people who like spend their their early life like really working so hard and kind of abandoning or doing anything, right? That like takes up all of your time. Right. And plus there's like this doomsday element. So it's like you're constantly like, oh my God, father is coming soon. There's no time. I don't have time to waste a whole week to waste. I don't have time for that. Like father could come then you guys. And, and I really want this to be an apology. I don't want this to be like, to be like, this is why, you know, this is my rationalization, but I, I do want people to understand like why, you know, like how these thought processes are happening. You know no, what I mean? this is an apology letter. I just got sidetracked by that theology because I had never heard of that before. And that really, those are the like the details that really like confuse me and get me like, wait a second, what? <laughs> but it's like, even though I, even though I rationalize it in my head, like it still hurt me so much. Like every time you guys would go to Carolina, I would feel so sad. Like I miss my granddaddy. So, I mean, I miss all my family, but like my grandma Tony and my granddaddy so, so much like, and you know, now time has passed and like they're older and grandma isn't with us anymore. And like, it just makes me so, so very sad. And I do hope that they know how much I love them and like that. I wish that I could spend all the time with them, you know, and that it sucks being so far from them. Yeah. And like another thing that really, I feel so, so sad about is that my husband's, um, grandpa died and we just call him grandpa and I and he was very very Catholic my husband's family is very Catholic well you know was raised Catholic and and um I did not go to his funeral because in the Catholic well one of the things that you know we learn at the church is the Catholics the Catholic Church, not the Catholics, the Catholic Church, you guys, is the, is worst. the, is the worst, is the Antichrist, yeah. is like the one giving the mark of the beast. And like, that's something that's ingrained in you from day one. And so you're literally, like we talked about before, like a phobia, like you're terrified of the Catholic Church, terrified, anything that has to do with the Catholic Church, you're like really, really scared of it. And I had my baby at that time. And I was so scared to take him because I didn't want him to receive the mark of the beast because I didn't, because we were told like the Catholics are the worst and like they have a service during their funerals. So like, if you go there and you participate in that funeral that you're receiving the mark of the beast. Mm. And, like, and so I was so scared. And, I, and so I didn't go like at the last minute, like I was like panicking for days. I'm like panicking in my body. And just getting so scared and just like, what am I going to do? Just like having this total conflict of consciousness, you know, like, what am I going to do? And finally, at the last minute, I think it snowed or something. And I blame the snow. But it was really because I was scared. 
Yeah. But on it, and so my husband went, you know, I mean, it was his grandpa, his grandfather. You know, it's my mother-in-law's dad, like that I love so much. Like I loved him so, so much. He was one of the smartest people. He's like grandpap, yeah. you know, like so, so smart. He was in the Korean War. And we always talked like politics and everything. And and this was kind of when we were just starting in our church. And so, you know, um, we didn't really have a lot of time to talk about it, you know, with him. But anyway, 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 um, I felt like from that moment on, like my mother-in-law was really hurt by that. And I completely understand why. I totally understand that. And I always felt like that sort of like caused a little bit of friction, you know, mm-hmm. because she didn't understand. And I don't blame her. Like I would have been so offended, you know, I would have been so offended and it was so wrong of me not to go. And I just want to cry because I really miss him a lot. And like, I loved him a lot and I love my husband's family a lot. I love them all so much. And like, I would never want to offend them or hurt them or like, make them think that I didn't appreciate grandpa or do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think as you do these, Tony, take a deep breath and blow it out and say like, okay, I can't can't hold on to that for forever. I know it's true. And that's why I want to do this because I do need to say it. I need to say it and I need to feel it. Like that was so fucked up of me. And I am so deeply sorry that I missed that. Like, that grieving time, you know, like I never got to grieve a lot of things and I never got to grieve with family because, you know, just no time. Yeah. But there's nothing there's unfortunately in life, you can't go back and change anything. And so all you can do is let it out and then say, okay. Right. That's why I just have to get it out and just explain, say it. Right. Like, explain. You know what I, that's just kind of like what we were talking about. Is like we don't talk about shit. Like nobody says anything, and so like I'm breaking that cycle. And I just want to say I am sorry for all these yeah. things. Right. I'm like another thing is like you know I was constantly scared. Whenever somebody was getting married, whenever somebody was having a baby, <laughs> whenever somebody, you know, was having an important event, right, in their life, I was begging, praying in my deepest part of my soul, please do not be on a Saturday. Like when you were pregnant, when um, our other sister was pregnant, when my friends are pregnant, I'd be like, please don't have your baby on a Saturday. Please do not have your baby on a Saturday because I knew, I knew that I would not go. Same thing for funerals. I was like, please do not be on a Saturday. I mean, I probably would not have gone. And I really wasn't, I don't think I was confronted with a funeral, but but weddings were constantly on Saturdays. And I miss so many weddings. Like dear, dear, dear family friends, you know, that I love so much. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say their names, but I don't know. Can I just say the Okay, can't say that name. Anyway, okay, let's say A's family. So we grew up like we grew up with this one family that babysat us when we were growing up. And um, I was best friends with the older sister. Lindsay was best friends with the younger sister who has the same name as her. It's hilarious. And then twin brothers. And we were like siblings, really. We were like siblings, right? And we knew each other since like before kindergarten. And we were, I mean, they're like, yeah, they're like siblings. They're like dear, dear, dear friends. And when I was in the church, 
so many of them got married and had babies and had all these life experiences and I missed out on all of them. And that makes me feel so, so, so sad. And so every time I would hear about something happening, I would just feel so sad and feel so guilty and all that. And you know what? I Did you know that I actually wrote a letter to the mom, the A mom? <laughs> you know who you are. Oh, I think I did. Did you mail it to her? I mailed it to her. Like, I love you so much. And I want you to go to heaven with me. And North Korea is going to kill the whole world. And you need to be saved. Oh, my gosh. I do. Do you want to talk about the older sisters brief? Or we could ask her if she wants to come on and talk. Yeah. So actually, my best friend growing up was Kelly. Okay. And she I'm just gonna say her name. And um, she actually got baptized around the same time that I did. And so she also has a similar experience with me. Not similar. She got out really fast because she was really scared about the holidays. And I don't want to say her story for her. You know, she has her own story. But um, anyway, uh, what was my point? Her, her baby was a little bit older and had already celebrated like a few yeah. Halloween. A few yeah. And yeah. so I think for her, it wasn't like. Uh, it was way harder for her to say, you're not going to celebrate that anymore. Right. You we didn't have babies when we started. So it was a little I bit different. Pregnant, I th- or I don't know if you were pregnant yet, but yeah. you didn't have a baby that had already had that experience. So I think I think she was presented with a different sort of dynamic. Right. It. She might actually come on here and talk. But yeah. um, do it, girl. Come on. Yeah. So um, anyway, she was also very... Um, you know, helpful in my recovery too. So we're going to talk about that later, but, um, you know, I sent her mom that letter and, you know, I, but to be serious, like later on, you know, through the years, right? Like over what, however long, 30 something years, we have like all kinds of life struggles, like illnesses in the family. And like, she, like her family had like a really serious illness and I wasn't there for them. And like, I, not that I wasn't like, what could I have really done? You know, but like, I wasn't there for her. I wasn't there for, you know, her mom. And like, I felt so, so, so sorry for that. And like, I just want them to know that the whole time that they were going through their, that hardship and like all those struggles, I was constantly praying for them. Like they were constantly in my mind, in my heart, but like I wasn't there for them. And so I do want to say that I am so sorry for that because like, where the hell was I? (laughs) You know, I was in Korea. What was I doing? Yeah, but you say that, but, but I'm, I'm thinking back to where I was. I don't think anybody in retrospect is ever as supportive and, um, present as they hoped that they would be in those situations. Right. I think that everybody can look back at their lives and say that uh, at some point, right? Like, like if I was who I am now, I would have, I would have handled that situation totally different. Right. So part of that is, part of that is just give yourself a little bit of leeway. I mean, I know that, I know that this is part of your process, but you're it's also just like the human experience of just like man I really wouldn't have done it that way now but I know but it is stuff that I just want to say you know it is stuff that I want to say and like I do want to talk about one ridiculous thing that I specifically want we should ask a mama Uh 
if we if she still has a copy of the letter. We should. That would be hilarious. That would be so hilarious. Let's ask her. Make a note, okay? Let's know what your version of Mommy like, A. Mommy. <laughs> oh my god, I'd be so embarrassed. Yeah. It's embarrassing. Like that's another thing I want to apologize for. Like I am so sorry that I was so freaking awkward. Like every time that you saw me, who were everybody, family, friends, coworkers, you guys, I was so awkward because you literally like we talked about you get a cult identity. So you like talk different, you think different, you dress different. And like you're totally different than society and like you get disconnected from um, social norms, you know, yeah. and like social styles. So like, I just had my style of the church. And so when I would see like the style of the world, I'd be like, whoa, that's really weird. You know, like, like you guys, the other day I wore a bikini for the first time. Did I tell you this? And I felt like so free and like, because that was never something like you couldn't even really show like your arms, like your armpits or anything like that, like tank tops. I love tank tops now because I could never wear them before. But that's what I mean. Like I was so socially awkward. And so I am so sorry. I remember one time it was actually okay. Kelly's son had a birthday right when I was getting out. And I saw her cousin who I hadn't seen for so long. And we, I was literally trying to have a conversation with him. And my brain was not working. I was forgetting words. I was being so weird and so awkward. And he was just probably like, what is wrong with this girl? And and then you start like getting scared because you're like, oh my God, he thinks I'm weird. Oh my God, I'm weird. Oh my God, why am I so weird? Oh my God, why am I so awkward? And then you start like getting social anxiety and like having panic attacks because of how awkward and strange you are. Yeah. It's, it's just, just crazy. So I'm so sorry about that. I feel like I'm finally like getting back to like, you know, maybe baseline normal. I don't know what's normal for me, but anyway, it's kind of hilarious. So sorry about that, guys. Sorry about that, y'all. Okay, <laughs> okay, anyway, back to the, okay. This is a very specific one. Well, I, I number one, I just want to really apologize to my grandparents and really apologize to my parents and to my husband's parents. You know, like, I am so sorry. I put you guys through so, so much, like so much worry. There was at one point, you guys, I think that my mom was afraid that I was going to like try to sell her house and give all the money to the church. She's never told me that directly, but I think that that was a rumor to be true. Is that true, Lindsay? I will confirm the rumor. Mom yeah. and I were going to take your name off of the house and put my name on it. But listen, I swear to, I swear that that was never in my thought, but but you guys, that's how scared my mom was. That's how much anxiety and stress I gave my parents, like thinking that I was gonna like do some shady stuff like that, you know? And that's so sad. So I'm really sorry that I ever made you feel like that. But anyway, this is a very specific apology to my dad and to my stepmom because we had a trip to Wisconsin. We went to Wisconsin Dells, which was really fun. And at the time I was a church leader and a house church leader and it was like almost impossible. But anyway, I was able to go and I got permission and I went and it was one of the most important things in getting out of the church because it reminded me of like my love of traveling and it, and it gave me like a deprogramming time to be with family and just sort of experience, you know, anyway. But in order for me to go, you guys, my parents had to bribe me. Number one, they paid for me and my son's entire trip. Like they paid for everything. They were like, you don't have to worry. You just, sorry, did you not know that? Your face. No, I'm just, I was going to pretend I didn't know that, but I, I'm sure I knew that. Yeah, how unfair. Because they have other children. They didn't pay for all them, but. It's fine. We're grown adults. 
I tried, you guys. I tried, but I didn't have a I'm job at that poor. time. So anyway, so then we went. Oh, my God. We had the best time. But they were like, we'll pay for you. And I was like, guys, I can't go. I have to keep the Sabbath day. And they were like, we'll take you. So I look up the closest church, you guys. It was, I think it was in Milwaukee. <laughs> and it was like a two-hour drive, maybe three-hour drive away. And I had to be to the church by, I think, 9 a.m. for service. And they freaking took me. They rented a car. They took me and my baby. And so we had met, like, all of our family from Indiana, from California, all of our family. It was like a big reunion. They took one whole day out of their trip. And you guys, I couldn't just, like, go to the church for, like, an hour. I had to go for the whole Sabbath day. So they dropped me off at, like, 8 a.m., 9 a.m., and then they picked me up at, like, 8 p.m., and me and my son stayed all day in the church, and we had a lovely time, you guys. We had a lovely time. We met lovely people. We had such a great time, but my dad and my stepmom just had to sit around and wait for us, and they missed a whole day with, like, my grandparents and, you know, my aunts and my uncles and the whole reason that we were there to go have fun, you know, and they just had to stay and wait for us that whole entire day. And they did that just so that we could go on the trip with them. That is very nice of them. Oh, my God. That's like above and beyond. Yeah. And and I was so thankful at the time. But like now I am really, really, really so thankful because without that trip, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know that I would have like remembered, you know, outside traveling and life and things like that. And and just like that. um like patience the family had with me and like that compassion and like willing to do anything in order to like, you know, have us around. That was really, really without that, like I would still be in there. Yeah. So I am really sorry, you guys. And thank you so much for doing that for me. One more unsponsored plug for the Wisconsin Dells. Am I right? Oh my God. That was so much fun. Dude, that place is crazy because I've never heard of it. I would never have heard of it since. It's like this magical water park town. Hidden. It's so much fun. Go to Wisconsin Dells if you can. Yeah, but just like that experience of being connected and like, you know, like you like we talked about before, just kind of like pausing, you know, and like getting out of that. That routine was so incremental, you know. It was one of the slow parts of the process and like I just can't believe that they did that for me. That was so, 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 so nice. Was, and let me tell you, like most of the church members' families would never do stuff like that. Like yeah. people are not that understanding, but thank, thank goodness. Like our families are so, so awesome and so supportive no matter what happens. <laughs> Another weird thing is like we had our church in the wedding and it was very strange. It was also very weird. And like our moms had to light these candles. I I freaking loved my wedding. I will just say I love my wedding. It was strange and it was interesting and it was it was different, you know, and everybody's gonna remember it, but I do apologize. Oh. And my mom and my and my um and my my mother-in-law had to get up on stage and like light a candle. And I don't think that they were really comfortable with that, but they did it anyway and they were so supportive and like you know, our my children's baptism, our, our son's baptism was really weird and strange and uh, you guys still went and supported. And so, you know, that was really cool. Uh, there was a whole debate between all the women because uh, there's a uh, women wear veils in your church. Yeah. And all of the, all of us were like, do we wear it? 
Is it rude if we don't? We feel real weird. You had to wear it. You had to wear it because it's a religious ceremony. I think we all wore them, but we had to wear veils on our heads. And we all felt really silly, but we were also like, are we going to like get kicked out of the wedding if we don't put these on? Not the wedding, the baptism. Oh, it was the baptism. Yeah. Because the baptism is a religious ceremony. So you have to wear your veil. Okay. Not the wedding. The wedding is just a wedding. I don't know. But yeah, you guys, sorry about that. But anyway, thanks for coming, y'all. Everybody who was there, we had a really fun party and we had a really (laughs) fun time. But you know what? I just found out. I don't know if I even told you this. Kelly just told me that she cried at the wedding because she said that that was when she realized that she was losing me. Oh, I know. I must have been acting so crazy. <laughs> hey, I lived with you. At the I do remember like the church people coming to the after party and I was just like so starstruck by them. Like to me, they were kind of like celebrities. Yeah. because They were all like the quote unquote leaders, the people that I wanted to be. And they were coming to my wedding party. And so I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, like I did spend a lot of time with them and I felt so sorry. I'm so sorry, you guys. Don't be sorry. I remember. I I just remember like my uncle setting up a tent and then like one of the main church people that I really love, the one who brought me, he was like, hey, man, let me help you there. My father was a carpenter. And I was just like, oh, my God, what is happening right now? Because he's talking about Jesus, how Jesus is a carpenter. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, back back to the story. You yes. guys, I want to talk a little bit about my loving husband. There are some things that I want to apologize to him for, okay? I want to apologize to him. Well, number one, for like thinking of him as a brother. So you guys know that we were as a like a spiritual family. Lindsay's laughing her face off. We're a spiritual family, right? So like not at first, but as time goes on, especially as you become church leaders and like you have no privacy, you have no time for each other. You're not really like dating. You're barely seeing each other. Like we would probably see each other for like two hours a week, like solid. You know, like if we see each other, we would like see each other like in a group context and like men and women are very separated there. And so it wasn't like, you know, we would like sit next to each other and hang out a lot, you know. So anyway, I'm so sorry, husband, for (laughs) for treating you and thinking of you like that. Like in my like how we talked about how love is redefined. Yeah. You know, so also like that husband, because you feel like. And I think other really religious people feel like that. Like you feel all filled up with God's love that like even a husband love. I know it's creepy. Even a husband's love isn't even really necessary. Like it doesn't feel like you really need it because all you need is God's love. But you guys, you really do. Like you do need a significant other's love. You need your spouse's love and support. And like both of us, you know, we were newly married. We got married in the church. So like our marriage was within the context of the church. Yeah. So I think it's been really fun to get out of the church together and like sort of rediscover our marriage and like. Kudos to you guys. You guys are rock stars because that's really, really hard to do what you guys have done together and stay together. And you guys seem like closer than you ever have before. Right. I think you guys are cool. We've been through some shit together, but it's not easy. Like there were so many years when we were just like so disconnected from each other, you know? Yeah. And all marriages have their struggles and their ups and downs and stuff. But anyway, anyway, I am so so sorry, dear husband. I'm sorry, dear husband, for um, you know, treating you that way. Like that wasn't that wasn't nice. It wasn't kind. And I also want to apologize, like for some very specific strange things, you guys. So it was sort of like when I was sort of coming out and like 
after 2012, you know, the world didn't end. And so it sort of felt like they, the church sort of started making a bunch of busy work. Like if there weren't any like prophecies happening, there would be a lot of weird, strange, busy work. Okay. Later, remind me to talk about um, our uh, flash mob dancing. Okay. Oh, because that's another really weird thing that we did. But anyway. When you say 2012, I think of the flash mob on the 16th Street Mall of it's the end of the world as we know it. Oh. When they did that, I thought it would be so freaking funny if the world actually ended while I was watching the flash mob making fun of the world ending because I've been talking shit about my sister's church this whole time. Oh my God. Yeah, that's hilarious. Anyways. Yeah, don't tell me that you weren't like a little bit nervous in 2012. I wasn't nervous. I just was like, wouldn't that be freaking hilarious? You know, the scary thing, though, is like we were kind of excited. We were like, father's coming. We got all of our stuff prepared. I mean, not excited in a weird way, like we want to die, but excited like, oh, you know, the suffering's going to be over and we can all be in heaven. Okay, wait. Sidetrack question. Okay, yes. Then we got to get back on track. In the Mm -hmm. beginning, did you guys used to say that you couldn't die if you were in your church because you were protected? That's been a lot of controversy, yeah. Okay. So I feel like you guys used to say that, and then mm-hmm. and then the- as people were dying, they were like, "Well, it doesn't really mean physically; it means spiritually." Yeah. Okay, That's, yeah. I thought that. I thought that you were like, "You can't get in a car accident. You can't yeah. die of cancer." That was something that we heard at first, like like nobody in your our church has ever died because we all kept the Passover. And then like yeah, many like, people have like, died. died, and they're like, "Oh, just kidding, just kidding." Yeah, okay. I've seen, I've been to funerals okay. in the church. That was a real memory, right? Okay, yeah, I had that. Okay, quick getting me sidetracked. Okay, back to my to my husband. So you guys. So anyway, so after 2012, they're doing some busy work. And then they had this like really crazy like banquet at the Hyatt downtown. And like we had to get all dressed up. We had to pay a hundred dollars. And like at that time, you know, we were like really poor because we're trying to get out and like, you know, anyway, yeah, we were financially struggling and a hundred dollars a ticket was a lot to like go have a dinner at this fancy place. But there was so much pressure to go. It was like, if you don't go, you are not going to be blessed. Okay. So number one, it was hard to go because of the money. Number two, I didn't I didn't really want to go alone, you know. But number two, it was my husband's birthday. <laughs> it was his birthday. And like, uh, I had spent the whole Saturday at church. And then that Sunday was his birthday. And anyway, you guys, I went. I freaking went. I left my husband all alone on his birthday to go to this weird ass fancy schmancy dinner. And I had actually forgotten about it until one of our friends reminded us, the friend that might come on as a as a guest. So I am really sorry about that, um, my husband. And I will never miss one of your birthdays again for any weird, strange cult things, okay? <laughs> promise. You. I promise. I should have put that in our vows. Oh, you guys should redo your vows and that should be part of it. Right, right. And you know, I also feel sorry for my baby. I had my baby when I was there. And a lot of like the teachings in the church are about a mother's love. And so like, because I was becoming a mother and like experiencing all these things, like that was really manipulated. Like, oh, don't you feel your baby growing? That's how mother feels about you. Oh, don't you feel this with your baby? That's how mother feels about you. So it was like, constantly, constantly like beat into me. And so Like, I love my, when my baby was born, like, that was, like, instant love, you know? Like, I loved him so, 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 so deeply. So, so very much. But, like, I would do things so that he would be blessed. But, like, in that short term, 
he might've had some suffering. And like, I feel really, really sorry about that. Like there are a lot of times that I would leave him to go preaching and I would leave him for like a long periods of time. And it was always with people that I trusted, you know, and like, I never ever worried about his safety or anything like that. But like, even the fact that I was leaving him for long periods of time, I felt really sorry about that, you know? And I do feel sad about that. And like, as he got older and as we were, so we were in the house church when he was in kindergarten. And so he kind of started acting out a little bit, which of course he did. He's, you know, five years old and he's going to school and his mom and dad are like church leaders and like having no time, you know, like we, we really didn't have a lot of time. And even though we were like showing him as much love as we could, like I was always trying to give him as much love as I could, you know, but it's that whole time thing. Like, I just want to apologize for that. And so as he was acting out, like we would get a little bit more strict. But when we say strict, like it's not like strict way, like other people think like me and my husband, that's not our style. Like we're not really strict people. And so that was one of the things that was really conflicting in the church because it's a really militaristic style. Militant. Yeah. Because in, in the Korean culture, it's a very military style culture. Like it's very, you know, they have like a mandatory military service that they have to do. So the whole culture is very military. The church was very military. But see, me and my husband's style is not like that. We're sort of like, quote unquote, like, soft or like easy, you know, and so we would always be rebuked for that. So like we were trying to be like hard on our son to show that we were like strong and like, you know, because a disobedient son is like a sign that God is like cursing you or, you know, like your whole family can be cursed through your disobedient children. So like we were always trying to maintain that, like, I don't know. Yeah, that image that, you know, our child was so disciplined and and he was like he is he was and still is a really, really good boy. Like he's a really, really good person. But, you know, he was a five year old. Like, of course, he's going to be wild and crazy and funny and, you know, have tantrums and have outbursts and stuff like that. And so, like, it makes you feel embarrassed as a parent, but like looking back, I am just so sorry. And I'm so sorry that I made you like sit in endless amounts of service and like, you know, try to sit there so quietly, like how unrealistic. And I tried to do that with my second son, you guys. And he was like, nope, I'm not doing this. He's the, he, I remember like, right as holidays started, like you became aware of them with your first son, he was like, those are bad. I don't want to do them. They go against the church. And then your second son was like, I love Santa Claus. I can't wait to celebrate Halloween. And you were like, nobody, we don't do that. And he's like, I'm going to. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit, you are going to have such a hard time with the sick with the second ones. It was my rebellious one. Anytime you knew we were going to church, he's like, mom, I don't want to go to church. I have to be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. But like, we'd always have to sit with the babies and like, Everybody just gave us the weirdest looks because my son was so wild and so crazy. Yeah. Like my oldest son always wanted to sit with me. And so like that wasn't really looked up, looked nicely on, you know, so like we weren't following their customs of their, you know, their way. So we were like little by little shunned. And so all of that kind of contributed to leaving. But yeah. anyway, I'm so sorry you guys for doing that. Oh, another thing that my son reminded me, you guys, and this really, really made me want to cry because I asked him, I was like, is there anything, you know, that really made you sad? And he was like, mom, on Valentine's Day, I was so excited because I came home from school and I had this really big bag of candy and I was so excited. 
and you took it and you threw it in the trash. <laughs> and I remember, and I remember telling him at that time, like, I'm so sorry, buddy. Like, we just can't have this. You know, it's just, it has curses. It's not, it's not allowed. And I gave him other candy, you know, but like that stuck with him all these years later. And I am so sorry, my dear boy. Like, I am so sorry. I will give you all the Valentine's Day candy that you want from now on. How many Christmas trees did he secretly decorate with mom? Oh my God. Mom would always do that. (laughs) Mom, stop it. And like, I knew she was doing it. She's not like that good of a secret keeper, but (laughs) anyway, sorry, mom. I'm sorry. You guys, like I was so strict about the holidays because like that phobia, that phobia of getting the mark of the beast, like that is real. Yeah. And you know, I did not want that to happen to my baby. Like, you know, my baby, you know, it's like, you know, you put your children first. So even as far as salvation, like that was really serious to me. And if you like, that was the one thing that I just would not budge on for a long time. Do you want to share your experience about the, um, I'll just cut this out if you don't want to, but about, um, the pastor and his wife about how they just like raised him oh about the thing the thing that made you cry well one time well because they sort of like when I first had my baby they sort of took me under their wing and like we were really close to them like really really close and they took my baby all the time you know when we went preaching whenever we were like studying or doing anything cooking cleaning like they would always have my baby and one time she taught my baby to call her mommy And I was so emotional, you guys. I had just had my baby, you know. And she was like, I'm mommy, I'm mommy, you know. And I was like, I'm his mommy, you know. And, like, Pastor yelled at her, like, don't do that, you know. He said, the Americans don't like that. And so maybe, and so at that time, I just kind of said, oh, maybe it's, like, their culture. Maybe in their culture, that's okay. And a lot of things that, that are sort of hard to reconcile, that's what you just say. That's how you justify it. You just say, oh, that's a cultural difference. And I would say it's probably like 50-50. Some of it is a cultural difference. And so we were accepting of that. Some of it was just mind control and messing with me. I think that that's a question for our listeners. If anybody grew up like in South Korea, right. is it for other women to call, to have your child call them mommy? Because it was sort of as a joke. It was just sort of like, mommy, mommy, like, but I was like already feeling sad because she was spending a lot of time with him. You know how moms are like, we want to have all of our time with our baby. We're jealous for our babies. Yeah. And I was um, like, no, you are not her mommy. I, you are not the mommy. I'm his mommy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that really did make me feel sad. But, but pastor did yell at her. He said, don't do that. You know, anyway. Yeah. yeah so I am so sorry to my dear boy for that. And I'm just sorry to like both of my boys and my, my husband, because, because we were delayed in life. So we spent, you know, at least over 10 years in there. So we, you know, we had, we rented that whole time. Like we didn't have really good jobs. So like financially, we pretty much started when we were in our early thirties. So like just now we're getting houses just now we're building equity. And it's like, you know, we grew up in the same house and it's like, we have that experience of like having a home that we settled in. And like, my boys don't necessarily have that. You know, I try to provide that, you know, wherever we are, but like, they don't, they're never going to have that experience of like living in the same house for, you know, 30 years. And so I am so sorry for that. I feel sad about that. 
but we are we are doing it, you guys. We are freaking doing it now. Okay. <laughs> because it's now or never, right? Like it's never too late to start. I'm still young. I am still young. You are still young. Still young. No, it is true. It Just is a few more things I want to apologize for you guys. Just a few more things. I want to talk about things that happen within the church. Okay, is there anything else you want to talk about for family and friends or anything like that before we move on? No. Any ideas you have? Okay. Um, oh, wait. Wait. We had one. We had one about mom. Oh, no, you already talked about it. We had talked about it. All right. So, oh, one more quick story I want to tell about my husband, you guys. This is hilarious. So we were church, we were, um, church leaders, and this was in the first house church that we were leaders in. And my husband, you know, he was continuously struggling. We were always struggling. We're always struggling with our sinful nature, quote unquote. And one of his struggles was tobacco. Like he smoked cigarettes for a long time. I did too. I quit. I quit to, because I was going to Korea, but, but he was always struggling with that. You know, I mean, you know, smoking is one of the hardest things to quit. And anyway, he was struggling with that. And he was chewing when we were house church leaders. And I was like, oh my God, you cannot be doing that. Like I was so scared for his salvation. I was scared for the member's salvation. If anybody were to find out about it and like find out what a bad example he was being because he was chewing tobacco and like he was doing it because he was trying to hide it and not smoke and he, he was trying to quit, you know, but like, I didn't see it like that. I just saw I was like, he's being sinful. So do you guys know what I did? What did you do? I freaking told on him. <gasps> I told on him to a missionary that was like higher than us. And so I told on him and then we had a big old like church meeting about it and pretty much like embarrassing him and like rebuking him and trying to figure out a plan of like how to make him stop and like how to cover him up. It's just like, oh, my God, how rude of me. I mean, you tell on people constantly. You're constantly Did telling you know them. This? Does he know that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like we, I actually had forgotten about it, and he reminded me. And I asked him if I could talk about it, and oh. he said that I could. Yeah. I think that one day he might come on and talk. It's not that he, you know, I, I'm more trying to be respectful of him by not sharing because it's his own story and his own, you know. Yeah. yeah. Everybody has their own story. It's not mine to tell. But, but I cannot believe that I did that, and I am so, so, so sorry. And I just cannot believe that I told on my own husband to another adult. You know, it's just like so ridiculous. Anyway, okay, let's move uh, on, okay? Because I'm sort of reconnecting with some church members now that have also sort of left. And I want to apologize to them because I was a deaconess. And so over the years, many, 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 many years, there were so many things that I saw and participated in and witnessed. And it wasn't that I necessarily participated in them directly, but like, I didn't stop certain things from happening, and I feel so sorry about that. Like, there's one church leader's um, wife who um, I feel like was being emotionally abused because her husband was very strict, like, so, so strict on her and on her baby. And, like, we all sort of, like, watched it happen, and nobody really, like, stood up for her. Nobody really, like, helped her. And I just feel really, really sorry about that. And it wasn't just her. It was many members. Like you would be in a group of like 50 people and you would just watch them be rebuked like so severely, almost to the point of tears. And then you're not even saying anything. You're just sitting there letting somebody do that to another human being. And it's like, why won't, why didn't I stand up and say something? And so I am so, so sorry. And 
And even though me and my husband were considered like, quote unquote, like nice, soft, humble leaders, or I don't know what, you know, not really strict. Like there were so many times that I rebuked people and like yelled at them for doing shit and like shamed them and like participated in that stupid, like hierarchy of like shunning. And do you know what I mean? Like I participated in that and I was part of that. And like, I can't believe that I would do that. You know, like, like I was a victim of mind control, but like, I also continued that cycle onto other people who were, who were, you know, vulnerable. Yeah. And so I am so sorry to you. I am so, so sorry for doing that to you and for not standing up to you and, and for creating fear for you. Like, I am so, so sorry. If I am the villain in your story, then I am so, so, so sorry. And like, if you need help, like you can reach out for any kind of help or support or whatever. I have a question for you. How do you, how do you feel towards the villain in your story? Like, what are your feelings towards them? I don't know yet. I will say that I'm sort of starting to become angry. Another part is like, I also felt like in this episode, I just want to mention that I'm sorry to myself. Like I want to give myself room to apologize because I'm like, God, how stupid I am. Like, how could I fall for that? I'm so gullible. You know, the person who brought me in, he used to tease me in high school for being gullible. Did you know that? No. He used to like play tricks on me and be like, you're so gullible. Ha ha ha. I can't believe I made you believe that. And he would play these crazy ass tricks on me. But you know what? He's the one that brought me into the church. (laughs) I love him. You know, I love him. But like he played like the ultimate trick on me. And like, but it was played on him too. So like my anger or like my sadness, my anger or frustration cannot be towards myself if I was a victim, but I also don't want to have a victim mentality. Like, yeah, I want to, sometimes when I'm thinking of these, like, I just want to cry because I'm like, I was so idealistic. I just, I just wanted to believe that the truth was out there and that there really was this magical place where all these cultures and races can live together in harmony and the whole world is going to come together and be one big happy family, you know? But like, that's not real. That's not realistic. It's not life. And like, and that's okay. And so I am forgiving myself. And um, one more quick story that I just want to tell. Can I tell one more quick story? Do you need to go? No, I'm good. I have um, a surprise for you after that. Okay. Another apology I want to make, and I'm not going to say names or anything, but like this always sat with me so bad. Like, there was one church leader who was really, really strict and she was very young and she, but she was so hard, like, and people would cry because she would rebuke them so hard. So one of the girls came up to me and said, you know, she's really hurting my feelings. She's being so hard on me. Like, I can't take it. It's really, really hard. So I went to the pastor and I was like, you know, like I'm hearing from a lot of members that this leader is really hard on people. So he said, okay, let's have a meeting. So he brought me. He brought the girl and then he brought the other church leader in. Okay. Oh God. And I'm the deaconess. And then this girl, she's just a group. She's a group leader. And then the other girl's just a member. Okay. So I go in there and I am totally caught off guard. I am totally blindsided because you know what the pastor did? He started rebuking the girl. He said, you know, we hear that you're being disobedient. We hear that you're not following church order. You're not following church structure. These are. These are God's um, leaders. 
and you need to accept the fact that God appointed her as your leader and like, um, whatever she's telling you is God's words. And like, you need to be humble and you need to accept it. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, no, no, no. That's not why we came in here. We came in here because this church leader is out of control and like being a little dictator everywhere, you know, and this other member was hurt, but instead he like turned it because, because they will defend the leaders no matter what, like the leaders will be defended no matter what, including me. Like there was a time when I was sort of like, as I was sort of like going out, the pastor like brought me in really quick and was like, you know, we can just tell the, we can just tell the church members that like, you were sick or like you had to go visit a family member and everything's okay now. And you can just go back to normal. And I was like, Oh my God. Like they're always trying to defend the leadership. Yeah. Like that always comes first, but like, that's not normal. And so anyway, I always felt sorry for her. And I just sat there and I just let him like yell at her and like take all the blame. When in my opinion, it was like, no, it should have been the other church leader. Do you know what I'm saying? Is that confusing? Is she out? I have no idea. I have no idea. And then after that, she probably never trusted me again because she's just like, dude, fuck you. Why would you bring me there for me to get in trouble? Uh, if I was her, I wouldn't be there. But that's interesting. So if she's out there listening, mm-hmm. send Tony an email if you want to at playingandtraffic2012 at gmail.com because mm-hmm. we're curious to see how you're doing. Yeah, I felt so bad for her. But that's, that's how it was. That's how it always was. Like, they're always like, no, you're wrong. The members are always wrong. And the leaders are always right. Always. Because they're appointed by God. And that's, you know, God's work. But it's like, Dude. no, no leader is ever perfectly right. Yeah. Isn't that like just so the the almost obnoxiously boring story of the power structure? But see, that, they, sorry. No, 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 no. I didn't mean it. I mean it like in a, not that it's boring, but like it's so unfortunate that that is like such a reoccurring like theme to that in all aspects of like government, society, that. When I think about it, it's just like such that triangle and like, so like the top leader rebukes like the next bottom leader so harshly. And like as a deaconess, I was rebuked so so directly and so harshly, but like other members are not rebuked that hard. Do you know what I mean? So like a pastor will be rebuked severely. And then like that pastor will rebuke like the missionary and the deaconess, but he won't rebuke like the regular member. Who rebukes the pastor? The top, 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 top. Hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. Anyway, that is my apology letter. And if I have left anything out, another thing is I just want to, like I said, I just really want to apologize to my, to my family and also to my dear, dear friends. Like, I just want to shout out personally, like Kelly and Annie, they were my dear friends since high school and my friend Nathan. And like, they stood by me always, 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 even in the weirdness. And like, I would go years without speaking to them, but they would always accept me with open arms. And like, if I didn't want to talk about it, they were okay with that. And if I did want to talk about it, they were okay with that. And like, that was just so helpful. And I just want to thank them so much. And I, I'm so sorry I missed out on all these important parts of your life, but shoot girls, Guys, we're on, we're not even 40 yet. So we still got so much time left. Oh my God, she has her ukulele out, you guys. What is happening right now? What is happening in my life? 
I wrote a song for you. Oh, I love it. Okay, let's hear it. You just reminded me as I'm pulling my ukulele out of a story. Do you remember? Do you remember the first time we saw Joshy for a while? Oh, shout out to Joshy too. I love Joshy. Yeah. No, you just reminded me with that list of everyone. Do you remember the first time we saw him after a few years? Yeah, we went to his concert. No, the first time we saw him was at your old apartment when when your first baby was like three, Mm-mm. four. Mm-mm. Well, that was a very awkward encounter from seeing somebody before you got in and then seeing him four years, like four years later, three years later. Yeah. And uh, you just reminded me of how awkward that encounter was. Everything was awkward. Don't remember that? No. We can talk about that offline. Joshy, send us an email if you remember that. Honestly, memories are lost. Like, I know. Like, they're like little by little coming, but yeah. I'm so sorry. So, like, if I forgot anything, if I did anything to deeply offend you, I am so, 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 so sorry. To all my aunts and my uncles who, like, supported me through my weirdness and, like, you know, my grandma Bane. Like, I just love you guys so much. You guys are really, really my support system. I love you so much. And, Grandma, I'm so sorry all the Christmases I miss. But, anyway, we're about to celebrate a beautiful one. And your present's really cool. Hey. Okay, anyway, sorry, back to the song. Tell me, tell me. No, not um don't give her any hints about the Christmas present. Oh, I'm sorry. There's no hints. I'm just saying it's really awesome. Yeah. No, there was no hints. I forgot you guys, okay, really quick, like <laughs> little by little, we're like shopping for our kids and like hiding presents and like putting up you guys, we put up a tree for the first time ever. And it feels weird, but it also feels like euphoric and like I'm having like memories when we were little girls and like sitting by the tree and like reading and writing and stuff. But um anyway, it feels really, really weird yeah. and really, really fun. And yeah. I'm excited. Okay, anyway, go ahead. Weird. I bet that does feel so weird. Yeah. I love it. Okay. The journey. I'm in, I'm exploring the journey. All right. I'm gonna just sing you a quick song that I wrote for you last night. Yeah. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Dear sister, don't be sorry anymore. You did a lot of crazy shit, but who has it? Don't live with regret, cause you're the best. Dear sister, try to remember all the things that you've learned. Like Korean barbecue, that time you quit smoking six. How to dehydrate meat and doomsday prep. That weird but kind of fun game that you taught us on vacation. That accidentally got grandma punched in the face. But it's funny now because she was okay. Dear sister, you don't have to be scared anymore. Because hell. Is it real? Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my God. You reminded me so much funny things. I know. Okay, good. But seriously, though, the Beatles thing, I was like, dude, we can do anything. Oh, my doggy. You learn three chords on the ukulele and you can just write. Oh, my God. The ukulele is really, really fun. It is so much fun, dude. I love it. It is really fun. Oh, my gosh. Shout out to our cousins because we played... um, (laughs) 
That was on our Wisconsin trip. We played yeah. that game that I learned because we played a lot of Korean games and it was so yeah. fun. You guys, yeah. Korean culture is so fun and so cool. Oh, I love it. I love it. We should go to South Korea and we should just go visit as people. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah. Anyway, oh, just really quick note. I watched this really good video. It's called The Propaganda Game, and it's really, really good. It's hard to find, but it's really good. Nice. It's about propaganda in North Korea. Propaganda game. Oh, you anyway. told me. I'm like, yeah, that really familiar. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we can talk about, like, good uh, recommendations later, but. Yeah. All right, girl. I freaking love your song. Thank it's you. amazing. It's hilarious. Thank you for being so supportive. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I could not do it without you. Thank you. Love you. I love you. You don't need to feel sorry. All right, you guys. We will talk to you, you later. Love you. Love Have you. fun in all this Christmas time. But you guys, do not get all caught up in the consumerism. Make your gifts. Go to Goodwill. Recycle. Those are the best gifts anyway. So do that. Do yeah. all that. We love you. All right. We love you. Talk to you later. Boom, baby. Boom. Oh, thank you.